Coming up this evening, live from New York City. Most Americans struggling with rising prices, dipping into savings or taking on debt just to cover expenses. A new report detailing people's financial pain. U.S. home building plummets in May to its lowest level in over a year. What's behind the drop? Cosmetics giant Revlon files for bankruptcy, weighed down by heavy debt, supply chain issues, and you know it, surging costs. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. It's great to have you with us. Paul Graney here for NTD Business. Inflation is hitting Americans hard. A new report shows that more than half of all Americans have had to borrow money or dip into savings just to make ends meet. Over 70% of Americans' poorest have done the same. The price of basic essentials like food and energy have risen as fast as anything this year. And now to afford these necessities, 40% of Americans are being forced to cut back in other areas. The price of gas and diesel is pushing up the cost of many other things, including food. The Biden administration is telling energy companies to ramp up production. But the government itself has not made a single policy change to encourage that production. It sees more interest in advancing its domestic climate agenda. One of the things holding oil and gas back from the market is the lack of refining capacity or refining facilities. But Chevron says there probably will never be another refinery built in the United States because the government is so hostile to fossil fuels. According to the National Retail Federation's report, only 24% of poorer Americans are earning enough to cover their expenses. It seems the value of the dollar has been greatly weakened after two years of unprecedented money printing. Government lockdowns also damaged supply chains even before Russia's invasion of Ukraine pushed some prices even higher. Buying a new home is also getting more expensive. Mortgage rates increasing by more than half a percentage point this week the largest one-week drop since 1987, according to Freddie Mac. Comes amid rising inflation and yesterday's interest rate hike by the Fed. The 30-year fixed mortgage rate averaged 5.78% in the past week. It's up from 5.23% the week before. Rates were closer to 3% this time last year. How things change. Hiring borrowing costs could keep buyers out of the market. That seems to be worrying builders. They're building fewer homes. New residential construction fell over 14% in May. It's now at its lowest level in 13 months. And the future future isn't looking too good either. The number of permits issued for building homes also fell in May by 7%. Housing market, very sensitive to interest rates. Sales have been declining as interest rates rise. That suggests more home buyers are being priced out of the market. No good news on Wall Street either huge sell-off in the market today. The Dow fell 741 points, 2 and 4 tenths of a percent. S&P down 123 points, 3 and 3 tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq down 453 points, 4 and 1 tenth of a percent. Worse earlier in the day, believe me. So as investors get to grips with the market meltdown, trading desks at the country's largest banks are busy making markets and making money. The market volatility is pushing up their trading revenues. Wall Street banks are making money off of high trading volumes amid all the economic chaos. The Wall Street Journal says that both J.P. Morgan and Citigroup expect second quarter trading revenues to be among their best ever. Volatility brings more activity, and with more activity, 
Obviously, more trading income, more fees are being made on these trades. David Schwartz is the president of FIBA, an international banking trade association. Schwartz says some are dumping high-risk assets while others are buying the dip. Big banks like J.P. Morgan and Citi make part of their money through facilitating trades for buyers and sellers. Out of each trade, they make some money. What most of high-frequency trading really amounts to is just going in there and picking up pennies or fractions of pennies and doing it tens of millions of times. Don Kaufman is the co-founder of Theotrade, an online financial education service. Kaufman has worked in the market-making, brokerage, and trading parts of the business. He says the bid-ask spread tends to expand during periods of volatility. This is the difference between the bid price, the price a buyer is willing to pay, and the ask price, the price a seller is willing to sell at. The middleman keeps the spread. The faster the market is moving, the more risk okay, is ultimately then you know, brought to the market maker themselves. No one's willing to make that penny-wide marketplace in a, uh, a fast-moving market. So as the bid-offer spread starts to widen out, right, that's a little bit more comfortable. J.P. Morgan executives say they expect trading revenue to rise 15 to 20 percent. Citigroup expects it to rise over 25 percent. Bay Quarter, NTD News. Those same banks say we're possibly heading for a recession. Some say we're already in a recession. So how can you protect your wealth? Anthony Sean Marshall has some tips from experts. Warnings of a recession are coming from Tesla CEO Elon Musk and J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon. With talks of recession continually popping up, I asked economics expert Michael Bussler what young adults could do to navigate the present economics climate. So food prices are, are going up. Most of the young people today are very health conscious and they're not uh, eating as much of the food as my generation did that was really not, not so good for you. <clears throat> um, you're going to find that healthy food is going to be a little more expensive. Bustler said it can help to replace your usual food items with something cheaper. According to CBS, a layoff tracker called Layoffs FYI says tech companies worldwide have laid off a total of 35,000 workers this year. Bustler had this advice for people. I would make sure my resume is uh, well updated. Uh, so that if the worst happens and you do get laid off, you're prepared for that and you can look for a job quickly. Financial advisor Eric Alexander thinks retirees should move away from the stock market and more towards bonds or fixed income or alternative versions of the stock market like real estate, oil and gas, gold and other commodities. Those would be items to really go consider looking at in your portfolio because they, they give you a way to, to kind of get some growth or at least some stability that may not be solely reliant on the market to go up or the interest rate environment to be a positive place to be. Chuck Robbins, the CEO of Cisco, told CNBC, you know, I have this to fear that we talk so much about recession, we may actually create one of our own. He said he prefers optimism and doesn't see a recession happening, but it can't hurt to know helpful information. Sean Marshall, NTD News. So if you're thinking about updating your resume, you may as well check this out. Walmart pharmacy workers are getting a pay raise. They're not going to be paid an average of over $20 an hour. That's about $40,000 a year. This is the second pay raise over the past year for Walmart pharmacy technicians. A nationwide labor shortage is forcing retailers to adapt by offering attractive incentives and pay increases. The raises are being given to over 36,000 pharmacy workers this week, those who work at Walmart and Sam's Club. They're also going to get more frequent pay raises. For example, they're going to get a raise every six months for the first two years they're with the company. 
That's good news for Walmart pharmacists, but bad news for cosmetic giant Revlon. Its stock down 13% today. The online beauty competition is taking its toll on the company. It's filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. That would allow it to reorganize its debts and potentially stay in business. But Revlon has buckled under debts it built up trying to compete with online-focused brands. Think Kylie Jenner's Kylie Cosmetics and Rihanna's Fenty Beauty. Other factors include high costs and supply chain issues, which led to product shortages. Revlon says it expects to get over $570 million in financing from its existing lender base. It also says none of its international units are part of the bankruptcy proceedings except for Canada and the United Kingdom. And thousands of cattle have died in Kansas in recent days due to extreme heat, adding pain to the cattle industry and concerns over food shortages. They already have to reduce herds because of drought and rising feed costs. Kansas officials say they know of at least 2,000 cattle deaths and attribute them to high heat and humidity. Temperatures reached 108 degrees Fahrenheit in northwest Kansas earlier this week. The Kansas Livestock Association says cattle began suffering heat stress as humidity levels shot up and cooling winds disappeared. Poor cattle, leaving the animals unable to adapt to the sudden change. To help the cattle survive, ranchers are giving them extra water, constantly checking their health. Kansas is the third largest cattle state behind Texas and Nebraska, with more than 2.4 million cattle in feedlots. And down south of California, there's another major drought. State is enforcing water restrictions with residents. It may find that their sprinklers and outdoor watering devices no longer work. Emma Jaheel reports. Let's go. As an historic drought grips Southern California and water restrictions take effect, one water district is getting tough on usage violators by installing a device that reduces water supply at the source. We're in a drought emergency. The intent is not to be punitive. For David Peterson, the general manager of the Las Virginas Municipal Water District, it's a necessary intervention. So these flow restrictors are installed for customers who really are not paying attention to how they use water. And so the way this device will work when we put it in, it will actually allow the customer to still be able to use water inside their home, and that's water for cooking and bathing and cleaning and that kind of thing. But it will restrict the amount of water that they can use outdoors. In our area, outdoor water usage accounts for about 70% of all water usage. The flow restrictor device was developed on-site by engineers, led by senior field customer representative Kaysen Gilmer. This is the restrictor. It's pretty simple. It's just a disc with a hole in it. It's applied at the meter. And if you can imagine, our service line comes in to the beginning of the meter. Once the water passes through the meter, we will slide this restrictor in place in between the meter and the valve. And what it will do is this larger hole will then become a much smaller hole. After installation, the water flow is reduced from around 30 gallons per minute to just one gallon, enough to carry out household chores and personal hygiene, but not enough to operate sprinklers. Well, as you can imagine, there's, there's mixed reaction. Everybody uh, reacts a little bit differently, but actually it's been, um, it's been better than I would have expected. Calabasas homeowner Arthur Bender, who already replaced his lawn with drought-tolerant landscaping, is supportive. I think it's an outstanding idea. I don't really know how often it would be enforced, though the more the better. Uh, you know, I, I certainly don't mind the idea of slapping somebody's wrist 
to get them to pay attention in class kind of thing. Since June 1st, the Metropolitan Water District has mandated some 6 million residents of Southern California to water their lawns and gardens no more than once a week. And turning quickly to the baby formula shortage, just when you think things may be getting better, Abbott has stopped production of one of its specialty formulas at his plant in Michigan just days after reopening it. This is because heavy rains flooded parts of the facility. The pause was announced yesterday. It's just the latest setback for the recently reopened Sturgis plant. Abbott had just reopened it last week after a product recall and a months-long shutdown. That was due to reports of bacterial infections in infants who allegedly consumed products made at the plant. The company said the incident would likely delay the production and distribution of the infant formula for a few more weeks. Sturgis facility has been at the center of a baby formula shortage in the United States. Abbott said in a statement it had enough existing supply, though, to meet current needs. And a bill that would ban U.S. oil exports to China was introduced by senators on Wednesday. The writers of the bill say it aims to ensure the U.S. does not aid and support a primary adversary. This Jeremy Sandberg is more. Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott have introduced a new bill. It's called the China Oil Export Prohibition Act. It's an amendment to the Energy Policy and Conservation Act. The bill would prohibit oil and petroleum products produced in the U.S. to be exported to China. Those products would include crude oil, refined oil or refined oil products, residual fuel oil, or any other petroleum product other than natural gas or other natural gas liquid products. Rubio says it is unacceptable that the Biden administration is allowing half a million barrels of American oil to go to China every day. In his words, we need to increase American oil production and give priority to domestic consumers, not send oil to a genocidal regime half a world away. Senator Rick Scott says the Biden administration is tone deaf and doesn't understand the needs of American families. And the Biden administration has done nothing. They've done nothing to make sure we have more oil and gas drilling in this country. They've done nothing to get uh, you know, food prices lower. Scott says it's absurd to continue to export oil to communist China while Americans pay more than $5 per gallon for gas here at home. He says Americans must come before sales to communist China. President Joe Biden has called for U.S. oil refiners to produce more gasoline and diesel, saying their profits have tripled during the Russian invasion of Ukraine. He says refineries are capitalizing on uncertainties caused by war. The president asked oil companies for near-term solutions in a letter on Wednesday. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre called on refiners to act in a briefing Wednesday, saying it's a patriotic duty. We have done our part with the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the one, uh, the, the one million uh, a day for the next six months, and so we need them to act. In response, the American Petroleum Institute issued a statement Wednesday saying the administration's misguided policies, transitioning away from domestic oil and natural gas, have compounded the problem. They urged the president to prioritize unlocking U.S. energy resources instead of increasing reliance on foreign sources. President Biden signed an executive order his first day in office, revoking the permit for the Keystone Pipeline and halting its construction in the U.S. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. And the United States' advanced technology industries are apparently falling behind in the competition with China for global market share. NTD's Don Ma reports. From 1995 to 2018, the U.S. global market share for advanced technology industries has fallen 6% below the worldwide average. 
Meanwhile, China's market share is 34% above the world average. This is according to a recent study by the Information Technology and Innovation Foundation. China's doing very well. The U.S. is going down, let's put it that way. Robert Atkinson is the president of the Information and Technology Innovation Foundation. He says China has seen astonishing growth since the 90s. China went from about 4% of global production in um, 1995, and now they're about 22, 23% of global production. So a phenomenal story. So what are advanced technology industries? They consist of sectors like pharmaceutical, semiconductor, automotive, computer, and aerospace. Why is it important to have a larger global market share in these industries? And what are the consequences of the U.S. falling behind? The idea of living in a world where China is dominant in these industries is a world where the United States has much, much less power. Can you imagine if we had had to rely on China for semiconductors? They, they then have a veto over what it is we do. It's about national security. It's about not being dependent upon a, a, a possible adversary like China. Though China didn't get to where it is today by playing honestly. They decided to engage in a whole set of unfair practices, uh, massive subsidies, manipulation of their currency to keep the price down, uh, forcing foreign companies to transfer technology that then goes to the domestic Chinese companies. The Information Technology and Innovation Foundation study says if the U.S. wants to match China's market share, output would have to expand by nearly $680 billion, or 42 percent. Don Ma. NTD News. Still to come, stay with us. Apple is being sued in the United Kingdom for nearly $1 billion for making older iPhones slower. A new cinema experience in Chicago, complete with movies, dinner, even a skyline. Moviegoers are raving about it. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Is your iPhone running slow? There may be a reason for that, not a very good reason. A new class action lawsuit in the UK claims that Apple is making older iPhones run slower. Back in 2017, Apple released a software update that slowed down the performance of older iPhones with aging batteries. Apple says this was to prevent issues like your iPhone suddenly shutting down. But the new lawsuit is needed for nearly $1 billion, and it argues that Apple's decision to slow down phones wasn't disclosed and was forced upon its users. The lawsuit relates to all iPhone models from iPhone 6 to iPhone 10, and if the suit is successful, then nearly $1 billion will be divided among the 25 million people who bought one of the affected phones. If you're ready to shop for some good deals, mark your calendars for July 12th and 13th, or Amazon Prime Days. The company announced the dates Thursday, saying the big sale will kick off at 3 a.m. Eastern and run for 48 hours in multiple countries, including Poland and Sweden, for the first time. You'll be able to save in electronics, toys, things for the house, clothes, and a ton of other stuff. 
It's a big deal for deal hunters. Amazon says it's a way to build loyalty with folks who already have Prime and get some new people to sign up. During last year's Prime Day, online spending topped more than $11 billion, more than 6% over 2020. And movies, popcorn, dinner, skyline. Cinema in Chicago is transforming movie night into a brand new outdoor experience for moviegoers. Here's the story. I love the experience and the wind is feeling extra good tonight. This is customer Keisha Harrison's first visit to the newly opened Rooftop Cinema Club, located on the terrace of Emily Hotel in Chicago. Since it opened in late May, the cinema's one-of-a-kind outdoor movie experience has been well-received by customers. Joe Williams Nielsen has visited the cinema 15 times. Um, so I like being outside and the movie selection is amazing. I'm able to see some movies on the big screen that I've never seen in a theater, like Grease on the big screen and Pretty Woman on the big screen for the first time. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. The movies are shown on a giant LED screen and the surround sound headphones completely cut out all the outdoor noise. Besides the movie, the Rooftop Cinema Club's partner, the Emily Hotel, offers a full menu of food and drinks. We've had the elote, the burgers, it's a smash burger with peppers, and it is delicious. You don't need any condiments for it. And then they have tacos, and then a charcuterie and cheese board, as well as um, chips and dip. So yeah, they've got you covered. Rooftop Cinema is not only a place for movies, food, and drink, customers also enjoy the social aspects of the venue. The Rooftop Cinema Club gives you what a movie theater doesn't usually give you, which is an opportunity to socialize beforehand, during or after, because they give you headphones. And while everyone else has their headphones on, if you've seen the movie or know it by heart, like some ladies did for Greece, you can still have a conversation with your friend or your date and, you know, during the movie and not be worried about being hushed. <laughs> According to the general manager of the venue, most of the shows have been sold out. Rooftop Cinema Club was the brainchild of Jerry Cottle, the son of the Cirque du Soleil owner. The original cinema was founded in 2011 in London, and Chicago is the latest addition to the brand. The Rooftop Cinema Club is open daily from May to October. Reporting by Angela Moore, NTD News. And Ford is recalling 2.9 million cars and SUVs that could roll away even when placed in park. The vehicles of the 2013 to 2019 Escape, the 2013 to 2018 C-Max, 2013 to 2016 Fusion, and the 2013 to the 2021 Transit Connect. The transmission on the affected vehicles may not really be in the park position, even though the shifter indicates the vehicle is in park. The National Highway Safety Admin says drivers have left their vehicles only to have them roll forward. This increases the risk of injury or crash. The safety regulator says it's received six reports of property damage and four reports of injuries potentially related to the problem, but no deaths, thankfully. But a similar problem with the 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee caused the death of actor Anton Yelchin in 2016. That's when his vehicle rolled and pinned him against a brick structure. This is Ford's fifth recall over the issue since 2018. And check this out. This could be how people fly the friendly skies in the future. 
This week, designer Alejandro Nunez Vincente showcases chassis lounge airplane seat concept at the 2022 Aircraft Interiors Expo in Germany. The prototype features a double-decker style seating arrangement for airplanes. Flyers would access the top level using two ladder-like steps. Nunez Vincente says that his frustration with the current lack of legroom gave him the idea. He believes this design offers plenty of legroom. It even has a footrest for added comfort. Nunez Vincente admits that passengers, especially those in the top level, cannot stand upright in the seats. But he argues that many travelers already can't stand when flying economy anyway. The designer had to remove overhead cabins to create the top level. Instead, he says there's a space between the levels for travelers to store luggage. If you have any tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. be great to hear from you. I'm afraid that's the latest from the NTD business team. I'm myself, Paul Graney. You can still catch NTD Evening News, though, with Stephanie Cox. That's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Follow me on Twitter, too. For NTD Business, that's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.